As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Buy something nice for your mother, okay? Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch Last, last holiday. holiday. So, Mikey, I'm assuming you've seen this before. In fact, you told us last week that you watched it with your brother a lot. Yeah, we like watch it every year. It's like a fun movie that me and Kevin have always really liked. Nice. Well, Paige, was this your first time seeing it? Um, I thought for sure I had seen this movie for like years. Oh, really? Uh, but apparently I had not. This was the first time I'd seen this movie and I watched it right before this. So I've been crying a lot because yeah. I just want Queen Latifah to be happy. Same. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, but this is the first time I saw it, too. And it was solid. It was real good. Did I pull an Angus? Was there enough romance? There's not a lot of romance in this, but I'm going to allow it just because I'm so happy. <laughs> I do feel like it counts, though, because there there's a lot of like pining for one another. And there yeah. really isn't any problem in the relationship department. The problem is that she's dying, right? Quote, unquote, she's dying, right? Well, she's not going after the things that she wants. I'd say that's the bigger problem. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. But neither is he, right? They both right. clearly, and he being LL Cool J, they both clearly want to bone down, but they don't right. bone down until the movie ends, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I like about the movie is two things. Two things, two major things I really like. Okay. One, I always like a thing where someone's like, I have so much money now, let's go spend it all at once. <laughs> and they go on like an adventure and they're just like, yes, I do want the extra blah, 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 blah. Right. I love, I love concepts like that, like Richie Rich and all that stuff. Right. Stupid. Or I won the lottery, <laughs> let's do something weird with it. Right, you know, right, right. Uh, um, but I also like that the movie, like, it feels kind of hallmarky, but also it, it, it's it's got a lot more feels and a lot more positivity than I think most movies uh, do. This movie is positive, like most of the way through it. Like yeah. it is, even though she is dying, you're happy most of the movie. Yes. Yeah, and and even the villain gets like redemption and like you know like it's just a very kind movie to everybody, and I think it was I, I like it. It makes me feel good. Yes, I would agree. I have some fun facts about some of the money stuff. Yes, I'm so happy about that because I'm so happy. You I mean, three hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money. When they said that that's how much the surgery would cost, it'd be like, oh shit! I understand why that might like cost you out of being able to live because we mm. live in a late stage capitalism hellscape. That like whatever, it's terrible. We all know that. To be fair, I was waiting for her to fall and get concussed in Europe, and for them to take her to the hospital, and for them to just do the operation because she's <laughs> in Europe. I didn't think about that's that. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? I didn't think about that at all, but I. I did think how much did that vacation cost and did she have most of that saved up like it seemed like she could have afforded it maybe i should fucking spoil this right now okay 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 don't ruin this movie for me <laughs> uh, no, no 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 this is not going to ruin the movie for you okay, so I'll, I'll break it down okay now we know that she had a bunch of money saved up so yes. she'd been saving money for a long time we know that she's worked in cookware for 10 years we don't know what she did before that and we don't know how much in bonds her mom had left her right it was her retirement fund, right? She cashed out her IRA as well, yeah. which, by the way, 
that retirement fund probably doesn't have much in it. I'll go into that after. And also, you'd lose a lot in penalties, right? If you take it up before you're retired or retirement age. Well, she would probably say they can tax me come April. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> no, I'll go. I'll go over that in a second because her savings is probably not funding the bulk of this vacation. It is probably the bonds that she cashed out, which are nebulous. They never tell you how much that is, but they do make it work in the movie with like one line. And I, when I did the math, I was blown away. Okay. So if we consider that she was there for three weeks, let's say three weeks, because that's the number the movie kind of gives us for when she's going to die. Now there's probably give or take a day or two on either side, but approximately two weeks, she spends $63,000 just in staying at the hotel in that presidential suite. Good Lord. Her first dinner with Didier would have been anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000, depending on the wine list and market prices for the meat and seafood. However, I suspect that most of her subsequent dinners were free. I assume so, too. Yeah, because he loved her at that point. Yeah. He loves her at that point. Her flights would have cost a minimum of $5,000 each way, potentially more. But this is 2006. So I'm going to say give 5000 ish uh, cuz flights actually were a little less expensive at the time her spa services would be at least another 3 to 5000 because she continually goes back almost every day oh yeah factoring in base jumping snowboarding a one way helicopter flight and shopping the total cost of her trip is approximately $100,000, which is exactly the amount she wins in the casino. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So she wins the cost of her trip back. That's and they amazing. don't really talk about it. Wow, someone like did the math. Someone did the math because at the end of the movie, I was like, okay, so she's going to live, but now she's like destitute. She's penniless. Yeah, because she, she quit her job. Like she has no means of an income, right? She's got nothing. And this would have been her whole savings. And then when I went through and did the math, I was like, oh, my God, she won the money back. Yeah. That's why that casino scene is there. That is awesome. You know what I really like about first? I think Queen Latifah does like a, a phenomenal acting job in this film. I love her in everything. Yeah, she I will is watch great. anything with Queen Latifah in it. But her character is so she's not cynical, even though she's no. dying and she's not. She's not cruel or mean to anyone. And she it just it's just it's very, very nice. It's just like to not have a main character who's like just shitting on everybody they come across, you know, like. Yeah, I I think she has the perfect attitude in this movie where where she's like, I'm not going to take any shit from anybody because I don't have time. So I am going to speak my mind when I need to. But also I am committed fully 100 percent to just enjoying the last days doing what I want to do. And she ends up getting to do like so much of the stuff in her possibilities book just because she's like, yeah, I will do that. Yeah. Or other stuff that she never even thought about doing that. She's just like, yeah, I'm here. Why not? That's why I love this movie so much. Yeah, yeah. But she is the level of nice that like, she could win Great British Bake Off. Like she is that sort yes. of nice. Like that her character from this should go on that show. And there's no way Paul wouldn't shake her hand a bunch. No, because she's been practicing the the thing. One of the things that really hit home for me in like her early, like before she finds out she's dying is when she's cooking these amazing meals and taking photographs of them because it's pre-Instagram. Yeah. But then she's eating a lean cuisine. And I was just like, oh, girl, fuck the lean cuisine. Eat the chicken, man. Like, dude, the scene when she realizes she's dying and she's going through the possibilities book, or it's not even the possibilities book, it's like the food book. And she's like, yeah, yeah. man, I should have <laughs> ate that. Yeah. I definitely should have stuck my that. foot in that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is a really, really fun movie. Maybe we should just jump into it so we can talk about it scene by scene. Let's. So we open on a church choir that's better than any choir I've ever been in, <laughs> <laughs> which is why she sticks out. 
Is <laughs> yeah, because she's not singing loud enough. So it's choir practice, and the choir director actually calls her out. He's like, you're not singing loud enough. You're not being enthusiastic enough. And he lets them know that their senator, their local senator, will be there that Sunday to talk about the community redevelopment project. He's their federal senator, though. He's the one in Washington, D.C. Yep. So, I mean, he is just from their state. What Do you know what state they're in? Is it Alabama? Louisiana. Louisiana. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's in New Orleans. So she goes to the local bodega. She's using coupons, grocery shopping. She passes a cemetery she gets cat called she comes home and this is the first place where we meet Darius who lives next door with his grandfather yeah I think they're just neighbors I don't think they're related at all oh, but no. he is kind of in the mix with her sister's kids at the end but I think it's just her neighbor yeah I got the vibe that they were just neighbors and close because they were neighbors right because she's friendly she probably cooks for him a lot it seems like she cooks for him every night and then then he brings that food back for his granddad too yeah because if you like cooking it's it's honestly the whole process of cooking that you enjoy, but very few recipes are for one person yeah. or even two people. <laughs> I cook stuff and give it to friends all the time. Like one of my best friends lives down the street and brought us gumbo last night and we traded him jam for it. And like <laughs> underground food trading is one of my favorite parts of being a good cook. This is a bonkers new world I did not know existed, but yeah, I need to plug myself into the underground food trading scene. See, this is why the beginning of pandemic was a blast for me because immediately all of my food friends were like what do you have what do you have what do you have and then we did like a pantry trade so everybody had the stuff they needed to make the thing they were best at yeah and then we would like make the thing we were best at and then trade it with each other perfect system i love it. communism who knew (laughs) 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 as i was describing that i was like Paige, that is food socialism uh anyway so uh she gets home just in time to watch emerald lagasse and he's making poulet chapoulis, which is basically, it's kind of like a coco vin is what it looks like with a savory bread pudding that goes along with it. Yeah, it's chicken you cook in a pan. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds amazing. (laughs) It does. And it looks really good. And she's making it along with him. Like, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. My grandma used to do that sometimes, cook along with Emerald. She liked Emerald quite a bit. But this is also, if we compare this to Simply Irresistible, this is such a better food movie. Oh, Oh, yeah. Right. Because the food exists and it looks good. And no one's having an orgasm while eating cream puffs (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, let's go back. I think maybe we needed a little more Simply Irresistible, but not too much. <laughs> this movie could benefit from a talking crab. And I don't think it could. And and there's there were so many like things in this movie that when I was like looking closely at it as a food person, they got it right that I was just like, bless this movie. Because this is one of the only movies I've ever seen about chefs and cooking. Uh, this is one of the only ones where people hold knives correctly. And I was just like, oh. <gasps> Oh my God, they got it right. This movie actually did its research. So um, she takes a picture of the food, puts it in a photo album, and then she eats lean cuisine, which is so sad. As like Darius across from her is like, this is amazing. And she's just like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Thank you. (laughs) So as she's kind of putting the photo album of the food away, he pulls it out and sees that not only is it pictures of food, but it's like pictures of places she wants to go. And then the last whole section are like fake wedding photos with like how to lose a guy in 10 days level Photoshop, a.k.a. cut out oh, photos taped together. No, I think she cut. No, she cut the employee ID uh, yeah. photo out. It was yeah, his yeah, employee yeah. of the month photo. Yeah. Right. And she just kind of taped them together. And for a, a minute, I forgot that LL Cool J was in this movie. <laughs> and I thought she was just like a super LL Cool J fan. <laughs> and I was just like, 
man, believe in your dreams. (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Aim high. Yeah. And it's the book of possibilities. And she's like, it's just things I'm interested in. It's just an idea. And and she does admit that that's a real guy, that his name is Sean and they work together. Uh, But she asks Darius not to say anything to anybody. But like the first chance he gets, he says it directly to Sean's face. (laughs) Yeah. Like when Sean's on the porch. Yeah. Yeah. Later in the movie. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. You can't tell a kid a secret. They're definitely going to tell everybody they know. Everybody. Yeah. So we cut to her job the next day and she's going to work and he works at the department like right below her department. So they're like passing him on the escalator. And then we get like a little snippet of her relationship with her coworker who's like, you should go down there and like tell him what you want for Christmas. And I was just like, calm down. Like, I understand her trepidation, but it does seem like he's into her from the get-go. Oh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem at all like she has to work for his affection. Like, he is on board. And can I just say, because the movies that we cover on the show have a pretty shitty history with fat shaming. After that initial lean cuisine, there is not a single shred of it in this movie. No. She is eating whatever she wants. She is dressing however she wants. And he loves her and it never gets mentioned. And I was just like, yes, yes, more <laughs> of this. It's a very positive movie. Yes. Love yes. it. So uh, he works in the barbecue section and on her break, she comes and like asks him about the barbecue. Like, oh, can I get uh, my discount on that? And he was like, yeah, of course you're buying something. Yeah. You get your employee discount. And I love how he's like, didn't you buy a grill for me like a week ago? And she's like, it was a hibachi grill. It's for traveling. Yeah. And when he looks in her house, she has multiple barbecues and grills in that house. Yes. <laughs> and when he goes to her porch, he sees that grill and it's like chained up to the porch. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, she doesn't have a backyard. Yeah. I was like, what, are, what is happening? Like, why, why are you buying? I mean, clearly so she's buying them just so she could flirt with him, just I guess. Just so she has a reason to talk yeah. to him. And it's clear that he wants to talk to her too. Oh, like, yeah. They do a really good job of like, this is not one sided. So we cut to the next day where she's doing her cooking demo and she's like feeding all the people who come to like see the demo and her boss kind of like reads her the riot act of like, you can't just give shit away, which I was having like PTSD from my old job because here's the thing. When you give away free food, it's Costco rules and people mooch like crazy. Yeah. But at the same time, even though people are mooching and the worst, you usually sell a bunch of whatever you're cooking in. Yeah. Like it was super easy to like quickly sell out of stuff if you're making stuff. You're cooking the the pots and pans and in the, the kitchen yeah. tools, right? So yeah. what does the food have to do with it? I mean, just because it tastes good, but it's all it is is like. But I mean, like, why wouldn't you give that away? You just got to throw it away. The food's not from the store. Like you have to go. It, those demonstrations cost money. But like, what do they want to do with the food? He wanted her to stop cooking demonstrations? Yeah, kind of. I kind of got that impression, but it's almost this idea of it seems like she gives cooking demonstrations and the same people show up every week and don't buy anything. Oh. And I think that's what he's criticizing her about, which, to be honest, is a reality of those cooking demonstrations. Paige, if you were still doing cooking demonstrations and I was local to you, I would go to them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to buy shit from Pampered (laughs) Chef or wherever the fuck you worked. Uh, Sir Latab, I I did not work for Pampered Chef, although they make great baking stones queen latifah has n- nothing to do with that problem like there's no way she was like we should do cooking demonstrations and if that had to come from corporate and all that shit no she is a frontline sort of sales retail employee there's yeah. no way that was her idea yeah yeah we know it's not her idea because they have a fucking stovetop 
Yeah. Like there, there's a full stove. Yeah. I would have been like, you need to take that up with corporate, buddy. I'm told yeah. twice a week I come down here and cook this shit. Well, yep. it also felt like maybe they have just, like her store had just been acquired by that big yeah. company or whatever that we, we sort of run into the head of that company later on in the movie. But like, mm-hmm. and this guy, and it's Matt Ross, who I think is fucking great. He's a great like skeezy slime ball character. And he is mm-hmm. in this too. That's the guy who's playing her boss. But yeah, he very much, he, I think he even says, stop feeding the mooches and get back to work or whatever yeah like she is working the, the other thing too we find out later she's his best employee money wise oh yeah like best sales yeah and i think he just needs to find a reason to nitpick her and it was something that used to happen right before i quit the company was doing badly because the company i worked for declared bankruptcy <laughs> shortly after i left so which clearly is because you left Paige. like the writing is on the wall like they were fiscally solvent until you yeah. left and then they declared bankruptcy we all read it millions of dollars disappeared around the time that Paige quit <laughs> from the safe <laughs> i was for a long time one of the top sellers for le creuset and for shoon and Wustoff and a couple other things uh so that i got most of my kitchen was free because they gave it to you not because you stole it when you quit right right, right. let's clarify they just gave that it. right yes right. yes 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 it's it's a spiff <laughs> but at the same time my store had both six months in a row and we were one of the only people in the in the district at the time bonusing because it was like a really rough year but when I went to go turn in my like employee reviews for the quarter or whatever right I had given everyone really good ratings because we were all bonusing everyone was doing great making good sales making their numbers and they sent them back and told me I had to rate them lower so we wouldn't give them raises yep and so that was one of many reasons why I quit I was just like fuck y'all that's a reality of management positions that like your C-suite will push down on you like you need to rate them lower because we can't pay them anymore which they totally can they just don't want to which I think is kind of what's going on here. I think he's finding reasons to nitpick her so he doesn't have to pay her more. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I do too. I was watching this thing about the Roman Empire. This is way off tangent. I'll, I'll cut this for mm. sure. And like when the emperor of Rome needed money, they would just like kill the richest person and take all their money. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that we kill them, but like. <laughs> I'm just picturing Feruza Balk in the water boy just with that sign. Like, do you want me to kill them for you? Yeah. Like if she was behind Elon Musk, I'd be like, yeah, sure. As long as everyone here gets the money. He See, here's my frustration with Elon Musk, though. Occasionally he comes up with smart shit. So does Bezos. We would just we just need to find a way to make sure that they don't do it just to enrich themselves. I think we've reached a lull on them coming up with smart shit. I also can't think of one thing that Elon Musk has come up with that was smart. The fucking electric car, dude. Oh, you mean like that Chevy's been doing for fucking 30 years? No, not as long as he has. He's the one that's the most consistent and replicatable that doesn't have as many problems. It's too expensive for what it is. But like, yeah, he has, I would argue, the one successful one. But he had nothing to do with Tesla, man. He just bought it. He bought the company. He had nothing yeah. to do with that. PayPal was quite successful. He was one of six founders of PayPal. Yeah. He, he at least used to be very good at picking investments. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he founded SpaceX, but like, also, I think he went like way Bond villain beyond that at some point. You know, yeah, I'm not saying we kill Elon Musk. I'm just saying we take his money. Here's my thing. <laughs> we should be enforcing harsher taxes on the rich and also penalties for taking your accounts and stuff offshore. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to enforce laws that kind of already exist. Yeah. 
but we won't because they keep paying politicians. Yeah, because we live in a system that you can legally bribe politicians. Yep. Okay, let's get back to the movie because I don't want to <laughs> talk about this. This is Christmas. Yeah. There's no politics at Christmas right now. Anyway, so she's doing her, her demonstration. Her boss is on her ass about it. Yeah. And she's mad. And he gives her a copy of the founder of the company's magazine with his own damn face on it. Right. Oh, I don't know, Paige. I do feel like if I had a huge company and I had a company magazine, I'd probably be on it. Would you name the company after your last name? No. What about a band? My- <laughs> no. Because my last name is not band worthy. My last name's Schlosser. Maybe Schloss, but not Schlosser. Schloss in German is Castle. Schlosser means key maker. I don't know. I think Schlosser's a good company name that like makes milkshake machines. <laughs> <laughs> what would Randolph make? If, you're, if your last name was a company, what would it make? I'm on board that I make the only like milkshake machines that actually work. You mean the loudest food appliance? Mm-hmm. I think Randolph would just make missiles or some shit. Because I want to be profitable. You'd be a defense contractor? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, fuck you, Raytheon. I'm coming in here. Yeah. Raytheon's not even that far from my name. It's like real close. It is. Yeah. And they're a terrible organization. Yeah. Speaking of Bond villain, I could be one. Bye. You could. Like, here's my private army. What would Wesley Corp make? Wesley Corp. Uh, it'd be Wesley's Fine Foods, clearly, and it would be cheese charcuterie and baked goods. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize we could add things to it. I thought it was just your last name. I feel like I got boxed into a corner because mine was just my last name. I feel like if I just put the name Wesley on a fancy Irish cheese, people would like, yeah, that seems like a good cheese. Honestly, I would get that. I would I would buy that cheese. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you would, would make something that throws something or like, you know, something like that would be like Slossers, Tossers. <laughs> I liked Milkshake Machine because they're loud as fuck. Yeah. But we like them and tolerate them because they bring us good things. Yeah. When they get done mixing, they say, hey, everybody, I'm Todd. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's mint chocolate chip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what milkshake did you choose today? Vanilla. Oh, vanilla milkshake? Anyway, <laughs> so she throws the magazine away and then LL Cool J comes up and is just like, I can smell this from downstairs. It smells like my mama's house. And she was just like, oh, here, you know, you should try some. And he's just like, oh, my God, it's incredible. And he asks her, like, where did you become a chef? And she's like, oh, I'm not. It's just a hobby. It's something I like doing. And he's like, well, are you going to become a chef? And she's like, I don't know, someday maybe. And then he starts to ask her out. Yeah. He very clearly is like about to ask her out. And then she gives herself a goddamn concussion. Stupid cabinet concussion. (laughs) And he carries her unconscious to the clinic in the store. Right. Which is wild, right? That they have like a medical clinic in the store. Yes and no. Uh, So I didn't work in a big department store, but one of my uh, friends did. And big department stores, like your really, really big ones, they do have at least a first aid center with usually a nurse or somebody on staff. But this dude's like, he's not a nurse. He's a doctor. There's an, there shouldn't be a, a, a like an MRI a machine there. Though. Like machine, that's yeah. crazy. Welcome to Sears Primary Care. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a CAT scan with Macy's. Like that. <laughs> that's the dystopian future we're in. Find everything you need for your holidays. X-rays, CAT scans, and MRIs. Here with us at Macy's. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of Macy's commercial recently. You're like, JCPenney, we take care of all your orthopedic needs. Like that. <laughs> yes, 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 I love yes. It. Knee bothering you? Come up to the third floor. Amputation. 
<laughs> Half off on all prosthetics for our jingle all the way. <laughs> Another great product at Slossers. <laughs> Schlossco. Delivering a baby? Find a kettle, towels, and hot water in our home goods section. <laughs> like horrifying dystopian future. Anyway, they they do explain that the MRI machine that they have, or or the the CT scan machine that they have, is used. Right. He's like, it's new to us. It's it's used. Yeah, it's new to us. Yeah. Need a new CT scanner? Find it at Macy's. <laughs> but apparently, Macy's has a sale on used CT scanners. <laughs> so we do get a pretty fun concussion dream sequence where Marvin Gaye is playing and oh. LL Cool J is licking his lips. His hat is like a shark's fin. It's all happening. <laughs> Who you gonna trust? Come on. Yeah, my hat is like a shark's fin. Oh my God. That movie is one of my favorites that we've ever done. <laughs> Um, but she comes back to her senses. They they take her in for a scan and her boss is trying to argue for them not to. And literally the only thing that stops him from like winning that argument is the doctor being like, do you want a huge workman's comp payout? And he's like, oh, no, go ahead. Take her. Fine. But she really shouldn't have got that CT scan there. So like ultimately he was right, but he's terrible. See, here's what I'm wondering. Do you think if she hadn't gotten that scan, if she didn't think she was going to die and he asked her out, do you think she would go? I do think she would go. Yeah. I think she might have gone. Yeah. Because when he asks her out to the game that's like three weeks away, the only thing that's stopping her is like her impending death and the fact that she is already planning on leaving the country. Right. And also let's unpack. Let's unpack this workplace romance. Right. Yes. Those are tickets. And I would like to posit here that they have talked many times. Because he seems to really like her. Yes. And she yeah. seems to really like him. Yes. So, I mean, he was pretty much like, she's going to say yes. I think she would have said yes. I think it would have happened. I mean, I do think that they're just two shy people that work together and neither has yeah. built up the courage to ask the other one out. But I do feel like he was, I mean, clearly he was like yeah. planning on making a gesture of, hey, let's go out. And he planned something that he thought that they would enjoy doing together, which makes sense. Yeah. My question was, because she doesn't see the tickets until... After she thinks she's going to die. My question is, before she thinks she's going to die, does she have the self-esteem to say yes? I think she does. I don't think she has a lack of self-esteem. I think she's just shy. I think she would have said no. Oddly really? Enough. Yep. Oh, man. Because that's why... She denies herself good things in her life. We see that. That's true. Yeah. Because in her mind, she's not ready for them. I mean, maybe you're right. I honestly don't know. You might be right. Yeah, that's fair. I, I didn't think about it like that. I would hope that she would like, you know, say yes and just ride yeah. LL Cool J in the sunset. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Queen Latifah <laughs> wants to ride LL Cool J into the sunset, may he smang in peace. I want that for her. I really do. But I do think that's something I really liked about the character is part of her arc is believing she is worthy of good things yeah. from herself, regardless of anybody else. She is worthy of giving herself good things. And I feel like early in the movie, she does not believe that yet. And I think she would have said no. I mean, that's fair. I think also the movie kind of puts it this way, too, because like he asks her to that game. He's clearly asking her out, which means he would want to go out with her whenever. It's not like right. just on that day. So I feel yeah. like if she was in it and was going to say yes, she would have been like, I'm not going to make it to that game. But let's go to dinner. 
Yeah, I thought about that too. Like, because I was like, well, I mean, yeah, sure, you're going to be quote unquote dead by the time that game happens, but yep. you've got all the time until then, and you could say, yeah. hey, maybe we go to dinner. But three week relationship, sign me <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> but Mikey, instead of doing what you do so well, she takes a European vacation, which I think that's why she didn't say, let's grab dinner. In my mind, it was because she knew she was going to go on vacation. She was like, I'm leaving tonight or like the next day or whatever she should have been like hey i'm going on vacation for three weeks do you want to come i'll pay or i'm going on vacation for three weeks do you want to come back to my place and fuck before i leave like these are all options that she clearly didn't say but like you know she could have that's a lot of news that's a lot of news to unpack in like one day that's true you're right a lot of news to unpack and she hasn't booked the european trip yet because like she has to go get the money she goes in to quit but she hasn't quite decided she hasn't done the money okay so she doesn't necessarily know that she's leaving right but i yeah i'm with you it, it would have been like hey all cool jay what that dick do yeah like let's find out yeah and then being like okay i'm gonna go to prague you can come if you want it's up to you, you know, like, <laughs> depends on how good that dick do right but I also, I really like that that relationship is not the definition of what makes her happy. I like that she has things in her life, hobbies, interests, things that she wants to do. And that's what she does. And it's nice that he ends up with her and comes along, but her story stands on its own. I think so too. I, I think you could take LL Cool J out of this movie and it's not a rom-com, but I still like the movie. Yeah, She's also very, very empathetic yeah. to, to yeah. everyone around her. She is, So yeah. she might not want to sleep with him because she doesn't want to hurt him right. by dying because she probably knows. I mean, like, you know. I mean, has she never seen, uh, what's that movie? A Walk to Remember? Yes, that's exactly the one I was thinking of. I know, Paige. I know. I cannot wait for us to do that movie. Just put on some Switchfoot and make it happen, baby. But it should have been called A Cock to Remember. Am I right? (laughs) Don't talk about Shane West like that. Yeah, so she may not want to hurt him. She just seems like the kind of person who overly... I can relate to this overly emphasizes other people's needs and not her own. So she mm-hmm. might justify like, Oh, I can't be with him because it would hurt him in the long run. I've got to get out of here. Wait, yeah. Mikey, have you ever ghosted somebody because you were like, they should be with someone better than me. Uh, I think we've defined it. We've defined what this is. It's called werewolfing and it's after a month. I will hurt <laughs> yes. them. So yeah. I have to go. <laughs> Okay, I forgot about the werewolfing. Uh, that is, we've talked about that. That is canon. Although I'm pretty sure that's horror virgin, but yeah, that that is horror virgin. So, do you guys see my new bookshelf? Like stuff's appearing behind me. I've been working on this room. It is very nice. So she finds out that she has Lampington's <laughs> disease, and we kind of skippedied past this in our last conversation. Um, but she has the scans reviewed by like two different doctors. Yeah. They agree that she has brain tumors and they give her about three weeks to. But at the same Macy's doctor's office. No, no, no. She goes to a second doctor's office. I mean, I didn't oh. see her go go to a second doctor's office. There's just a second doctor there. And Dr. Gupta, the guy who originally did the scan, mm-hmm. wouldn't tell her exactly what was going on. And the other yeah. doctor does. And there's like that inter- interplay there. But, I thought it was at the same Macy's. No, it's, it's a different office. I mean, ultimately it doesn't matter because they're looking at the same scan yeah and and the reason he doesn't tell her is if you're not a specialist then you really probably shouldn't be diagnosing and so he takes her to a specialist and he probably isn't a specialist because he works at a retail store <laughs> right 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 uh so they tell her that her only possibility would be to go see her hmo provider basically her insurance company to see if they will pay for the operation and they're like no. Of course they Hard won't. Hard pass. Right. Do not collect 
$2,000. Do not pass go. You're going to die in three weeks. Right. And she's like, well, what if I paid for it myself? And they're like, well, it's $340,000 without anesthesia. And you're going to want that. Yeah. Normally when you have brain surgery, you don't want to be awake for it. No. Well, sometimes you're awake. You just ha- also have localized anesthesia. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually don't mm-hmm. really do many wake-up tests anymore unless it's a very specific type of surgery. They used to do it for any sort of like neurosurgical spine surgery. Yeah. yeah. But now they can do it. They can test motor skills other ways while you're still asleep. So they do that now. So she goes home and goes through her album of possibilities. And this is where she's like going through everything and is like mad that she didn't try it. it and didn't eat it. And I kind of love it. I should have eaten that. Oh, I definitely should have eaten that. Eating and that. I wanted her to turn to the page with her and LL Cool Jam but like, I should have fucked that. <laughs> or I definitely should have eaten that. <laughs> Gobbled it down. So her sister calls to ask if she can watch the kids for Christmas. She tells her she can't. And we find out that it's because her sister is going to follow her dreams of moving to Nashville to become a black country singer. Yeah. Which sounds yep. preposterous to Queen Latifah, yeah, but that's, that's only thinking. because Darius Rutger hadn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah, done it yet. yeah. Darius Rutger had to walk so this lady could run. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, and this lady had to run so Lil Nas X could grace us with his wonderful presence. <laughs> Wait, what year was this movie made? 2006. Yeah, 2006. So actually, Darius Rucker had... He was still in Hootie and the Blowfish. Only barely, though. Well, yeah, but they, but they were about. He was about to start his country career, like right yeah, after. Yeah, it was more like Hootie and a handfish. It was like, I'm sorry, that's fine. What? Because it wasn't a blowfish. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants a handfish. <laughs> you and me, so you we suck on different dicks. <laughs> yeah. You like to handy me when I wanna have your licks. Uh, Nope, I'm sorry. I'm so glad you got that. It was such like, a weird concept. <laughs> Darius Rutger started his country career in 2008. So it was okay. shortly after this movie came out. Yes. So she hangs up. She can't watch the kids. We cut to the next day. She goes to work. We She meets up with her little work friend. And she's like, what are you going to do? And she's just like, I'm taking your advice. I, like, it's I don't have time. Life is too short. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. She goes into the boss's office. Yeah. And he is... A total asshole. He's like on the phone. He's ignoring her. My favorite is he answers the phone and just says, move the potato peelers or I'll shove them down your throat. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like he is listening to that book on tape when she's like knocking on the door. She comes Mm -hmm. in and he's like, I can't believe you didn't knock. How rude. And she's just like, what the whatever, man. And then she does take the phone after he takes the call and like breaks it with her shoe. And I was like, hell yeah, Queen Latifah. Yes. Don't take no shit. And he's like, like, that's a four hundred dollar phone and i was just like whatever and i was like oh that's right phones used to only be <laughs> this is an eighteen hundred dollar phone i know <laughs> so I was uh, like, when he said it was a four dollar phone i was like oh those were the days i know i know but also like i couldn't watch hbo go on my phone so like it's a yeah. trade-off right right yeah exactly i get it it's fine anyway so he tries to force her to listen to the book on tape which I was just like, oh, fucking self-help from rich people. I can't. I can't. What is it? Handsome, rich, and young is the name of the book or whatever? Which he also is. He's only two of those. No, only one of those things. Yeah, he's rich. I mean, I could say he probably is handsome. He is a type, at least. Not her boss. The guy who owns the company, right? It's Timothy right, Hutton. exactly. Yeah, Timothy Hutton's not a bad looking dude. Yeah. I mean, he's I, not like eh. the greatest looking dude, but like Todd's like real into it. I mean, I wouldn't lick his neck like I've licked your neck, Mikey. I'm going to Google hottest picture of Timothy Hutton. I found it, and it's still only okay for me. 
I like Timothy Hutton. I think he's a good actor, but you know, I wouldn't say he is like a stone cold fox or anything. He's no Gerard Depardieu. Bro. I mean, I also really like her relationship with Gerard Depardieu Same. where they are just friends yeah. and super friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yes. I love Gerard Depardieu and everything he is in. He is one of my favorite like French actors who's like transcended just their cinema. Yes. Name three others. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Jean Reno. Yeah. Uh, yes, Jean Reno. Okay. Jean Reno is the I other actually, one that I, I know. I like Jean Reno in everything. Same. Yeah, I do too. I like both of them in everything they do. I don't know why, but in My Father the Hero, which he is in, and we will do for this podcast oh, at some that point. That so at problematic. The, oh, it's terribly problematic. But there's a scene where he's going to pick up his daughter, Catherine Heigl, to like go on vacation, right? And his ex-wife's dog tries to get in his car and he goes, oh, you want to come with me? I do not blame you. And I say that shit all <laughs> the time. All the time. I just remember time. him in Man, Man in the Iron Mask. I love him in that movie. Where he's just like constantly drunk and stumbling and pissing everywhere. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even know he was playing Porthos. <laughs> I was, he was like, I was in a movie? Yeah. Anyway, so she turns off the self-help book, breaks the CD, and quits. And he's like, you yeah. can't quit. Your, you, your department has the highest profit record. And she's like, why didn't you tell me this before? And he's like, because you would have asked for more money. And she's just like, yeah, fucking buy. Uh, and he's like, 50 cents more an hour, 75 cents. And then over the loudspeaker of the store, he's like, $1.50 an hour. I loved that. She's out. She's leaving. She doesn't care. She's gone. She's like, I she got leaves. bonds, bitch. I'm out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bonds. Bank bonds. Yeah, absolutely. LL Cool J chases her out. And this is where he asks her to go to the game. And she's like, I, I really want to, but I can't. And at this point, I was like, dude, just fucking ask him to dinner. Like, you can do it. He's right there. He clearly wants to be with you. I 100% think it plays where she's like, I don't want you to get too close. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Maybe I just relate to yeah. it like that. But she should have been like, I'm just one rapper standing in front of another rapper asking that rapper to unwrap her. Oh, my God. <laughs> they should have had sex on, like, a pile of wrapping paper because it's a Christmas movie, and they're both rappers. Do you think she originally in the screenplay was a someone who wraps gifts? And they were like, that's two on the nose. Actually, no. I have a lot of notes about the original screenplay, which was written for a man, not a woman. Really? Wow. We'll, we'll oh, I love that fact. fact. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's table it. Let's table, table it. it. Table but it. Yeah, so he asked her to go to this... Uh, I forget what team it was, but a Hornets game, the Hornets game. Right. And mm -hmm. she's like, no, I can't. Thank you, though. I'm out. Right. And he gives her the ticket because he's like, hey, I already bought him. So if your plans change and it's really, really sad. It is. I honestly thought that she was going to eventually realize she wasn't dying. However, that happened. Right. And that, that she would show up at the game and that would be the end of the movie. Although yeah. I, I prefer what actually happens because I really like him going to His like, agency. Yeah. Yeah. I really yes. like that. He was like very proactive because it really shows that he's super into her, too. So I prefer yeah. the movie to what I was thinking was going to happen. But that's what I thought was going to happen. But I thought the same. When yeah. he hands her that ticket, I was like, definitely meeting up at the game. Yeah. We cut to church that next Sunday where we find out that the senator won't be coming. Right. And she sings her way out of the church, basically <laughs> singing a whole like slain in the spirit. Why me? Why am I dying? I did everything right. Why is this happening to me? And she dances her way out of the church and immediately books a flight to the Czech Republic. Yeah. 
Which that whole scene to me was bonkers because it's like an ad for Travelocity. No, no, no. no. I mean, like her singing out of oh, the, in the church. church. I was like, "There's no way that Mikey would pick a musical for one of his favorite <laughs> movies, and he thing. did ah. pick a musical." Well, she mostly talked, which is like why I like rap. It is a lot of talk singing, but she actually can sing, and she sings some in this movie. She's she, she quite can good. Sing amazing. Yeah. She's the best part of Chicago. Well, there, I heard there wasn't very many good parts. Yeah. I know, like that's not a tall bar to clear. She deserves a much better compliment. No, I know. I'm just saying, like the girl, <laughs> the, she only gets like two songs in that musical, and they're the best. So yeah, the thing I hate the most about the movie Chicago is they just can't get seafood. It's not architecturally significant. <laughs> As a musical. So she comes home. She books a flight to the Czech Republic yes. in a Travelocity commercial in the middle of this movie. Well, it's specifically because she wants to go meet and eat at the restaurant that Gerard Depardieu is the head chef at. Right. Yeah. Which honestly, like, if I ever find a brain tumor, you can expect the same kind of behavior from me. Yeah, I fully way. expect you to come to Nashville and just for to try Nashville's hot chicken because that's. I'm not gonna. <laughs> so I'll be like, I'm making so a stop back home to go to French Laundry, and then I'm going to Europe, and I'm just going to eat until I die. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so three weeks to live. That's what you're gonna do, Mikey. What are you gonna do? Three weeks to live. Two chicks at once, man. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You can do that now. I just, I was trying to, to channel office space. Or just honesty? No, I'm too jealous for that. I'm going to be honest. Also, like, I don't want to disappoint that many people. I do that enough on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. What would I do if I had three weeks to live? Yes. I would probably travel. I would make a list of places I want to see and, and go for it or, and then hopefully take my family with me. Yeah, that's the reason I probably wouldn't travel. I'd want to be surrounded by my family. I would also like admit that I've been in love with someone the whole time to like 17 people. <laughs> <laughs> they all show up at your funeral like just like <laughs> fully blacked out with like a veil <laughs> crying all thinking that they're your long lost love that like timing just didn't work out, man. Man. Yeah. That's like you were ruining 17 people's lives on your <laughs> way out. That is like sociopathic levels of awesome. I'm here for it. This is why Mikey and I are friends because <laughs> one time back when I was on when I was single on a dating app and a DM, a guy was like, What are three things you want to do before you die? And I, I listed two like stupid things like travel or whatever. And then the last one I was like, pull whatever one of my children is closest to my deathbed in close and tell them that there's buried treasure and give them directions and then die. But there's no treasure. <laughs> like it's just a complete lie. Um, I, I would want to take my family with me, but I, I will say, and I think it's the message of this movie, controversial statement, don't wait till you only have three weeks. Right. No, that is the point of the movie. Absolutely. Start it is. checking those things off the list yeah. now, which is why uh, my whole, my parents, my sister and her boyfriend, and then Jake and I are all going to Germany next winter is to see Christmas markets. That's the whole reason we're going. And Mikey well, and I talked me into it. I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to go with you. I'm assuming your dad's <laughs> going to pay because we're members of the family. Like, he bought us popcorn for this Christmas. I don't see any reason That's why true. he wouldn't take us to Germany next it? Christmas. Wait, he bought us popcorn? Mikey, he sent it to me, so I'm not 100% sure if you're going to get something for Christmas, but clearly one of us is the favorite and or lives closer to the P.O. box. <laughs> it's for both so of you. Upset. That's why I went to the P.O. box. <laughs> did it come in two separate packages? You know what, Mikey? It did. And they were both delicious. 
<laughs> it was like, and now none of them are left. No, no, no. I actually, I haven't opened either box because I wanted to do it on a horror virgin bonus episode, do it so we could like, yeah, yes. yeah. So we could like, because we got a bunch of other mail too. We got to go through, so we'll do the nice. bonus episode. Do you want me to come over? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, me liking you is an act for the podcast. Checks out. <laughs> no, I don't want you to come over because my dog, Pupcake, will bark incessantly. Uh, and we won't be able to like actually record anything. All right. We should. What were we talking about? We're talking about what would we do if we died? So if it was me, I would just want to spend time with my family and like my my loved ones, my, my quote unquote loved ones. So like my some of my actual family and my close friend circle. Like, Mikey, you'd be invited. I want to see the Northern Lights. I want to hunt a human being. I want to <laughs> eat a tomahawk steak. You've never had a tomahawk steak? Neither have no. I. I'd love to have a tomahawk steak, too. There's a place that does them here. There's a bunch of places here. I'm always just like, $150. What I would do is I would use all of my life savings to start a Brazilian-style steakhouse. Okay. Not tell Mikey. People. And then when he learns about it, I'd close it down before he could come. God dang you. <laughs> I want to cut off my own arm and eat it. Oh, that's I knew that was going to be a part of it, Mikey. And have children. Mikey, would you want to have kids if you were going out? Like if you knew you had three months to live, would you like just be trying to impregnate as many women who were like on board with that as possible? All 17 of them. <laughs> In this joke, all 17 of those women are on board for carrying your baby after you are dead, right? Yeah. Like, we're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. For my mom. She wants grandchildren, and I leave her with that. Oh, my God. Going from zero grandchildren to 17, to 17? grandchildren within the matter of, like, nine months would be amazingly <laughs> overwhelming. I will say I, I'm going to have to spend some time organizing all of the scripts, books, everything I've written to just leave them in a neat pile on my desk so that people can publish them posthumously and people can be like, what do you think she meant by that? Yes. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. I want to write a book too. Yeah. In three weeks. Yeah. You want to write a book in three weeks, Mikey? It took me three months to write my trash heap of a romance novel. Mikey, that's going to be a terrible book. Are we talking fiction or nonfiction? <laughs> well, I'll just make it an autobiography. So it'll be easy. So fiction then. <laughs> I came, I came some more. I came 17 times. I yeah. conquered. It ends with my legacy. The 17 women I've tricked to being impregnated by my baby no, as I die. No, you didn't trick Mikey. For the purposes <laughs> of trick. this joke, you did not trick them into carrying your baby. No, no, no. But they're going to say yes because of the implication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're not going to know about the others. Oh, this is a terrible. I mean, I, what I hate about this. Well, let's get back of who I should hunt. <laughs> I just assumed it was going to be me. <laughs> You're too loud. It would be it would be too easy. Just in the woods you would hear, "Oh, everybody." I know. Like you cuz my feet make a lot of noise anyway. And if I'm trying to like be quiet, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm being haunted." <laughs> I think you have to pick whoever the most dangerous terrorist is at the time. Like whoever <sighs> that times Osama bin Laden is and like die hunting that person. So dang But cook. also which arm are you going to cut off? <laughs> I'm gonna let you cook it though, Paige. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Maybe I should go out like killing a terrorist. Like that. Yeah, dude. Or at least trying. I think we're getting dangerously close to like suicide bombing. Like, I don't <laughs> no, love no, no, this. No, no, no. I mean like like SEAL Team <laughs> sixing somebody. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like as a backup plan, I'd have a bomb vet. Okay, you cut that out. <laughs> 
Mikey, I don't have time to edit this. So like, no cuts. No. Well, because here's the thing. You're dying already. So one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to be killed in the process of trying to kill a bad guy. Right. Or you kill a bad guy and you get to be a hero for your last few days. I love it. Right? Just be like, I'm invincible. I can eat all the pizza I want. Dead. Great way to go out. I also feel like I can eat all the pizza I want is just in and of itself its own reward. This is true. Yeah. I don't need to hunt a terrorist to eat all the pizza I want. Pizza Hut exists. No, I just need to hunt a hut, a pizza hut. <laughs> pizza hunt? Yes. <laughs> pizza hunt. That's where you order a pizza and then hunt the delivery driver. No. I don't want it to be a terrorist. I want it to be something like a prolific serial killer and I get to like track yes. them. Oh my God, Mikey. I love this idea. Just let them like like set Eurons free in a field and you go after him. Well, I, I thought the whole thing was that like he had to like detective his way to figure out who it is. And then, and then it turns out it's him the whole time because he's secretly been a werewolf. <laughs> I love it. So she goes to the bank. She gets... Everything liquidated, bonds, IRA, everything. And they're like, well, what are you going to do it? And she just goes, I'm going to blow it, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty great. Uh, she gets on a very uncomfortable flight. And the guy in front of her is kind of a bigger dude. And Queen Latifah is a tall lady. She is. And so, like, it, like, it'd be extra uncomfortable. But his seat is leaned back and her knees are kind of trapped. And so she kind of complains about it. The flight attendant comes over. And they definitely, like, try to kind of intimidate her into, like just moving her legs or whatever until she basically is like, yo, fuck y'all seats are too close anyway. And they're like, well, if you'd bought a first class ticket and she was like, cool. How much is it? Yeah. Give me one. She's like, I'm gonna go ahead and upgrade myself. They refer to first class like seats as cocoons, which I I have a very specific thought in mind about what those cocoons are. And that is not Mm -hmm. what she ends up in. No, she ends up in a basic first class seat, but like there are cocoons, right? Like on real long flights where you have like a pod. I've never gotten to be in one of those. When I flew to Japan, you were in a pod? No, but they had them on the plane. I couldn't afford that. Are you kidding me? I was in code with the plebes right but like we walked past the cocoons on our way down to our seats and i was like that is how you should fly so she gets to first class they serve her like a full turkey dinner in first class yeah yeah nuts. i was like wow yes she arrives in carlovi very and there's like a whole line of people trying to get cabs and she's like oh, i'll never get there in time so she hires a helicopter <laughs> I thought that was so insane, but I loved it. I was like, this is some secession level shit right here. Well, I think you'd be surprised in places like that that are better accessed by helicopter. It is probably cheaper than you think. But also, this is how people die. Mm. Like, you know, spur of the moment helicopter flights. No, thank you. But she lands at the hotel just as her congressman and the senator that was supposed to be there at church are also arriving. And so she comes through, they're helping her get checked in and everything. And uh, as she walks through, there's a guy in like a fur pimp suit. Yes. And she just says, here, I was thinking I might not fit in. And I was just like, what a great attitude. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, like, it is a cool shot because it shows like there's a guy in a turban. There's someone in more like midi- Middle Eastern style dress. Like it shows it is like a very multicultural city, mm-hmm. which I was like, OK, this definitely would be a change of pace from New Orleans or really any other U.S. city. Yeah, well, and she finds out that her room's not ready. And so the only room that is ready is the presidential suite at 3,000 euros, a.k.a. 4,000 American dollars, 
what a great exchange rate that was uh, a night. <laughs> and so she gets the presidential suite. And as they're kind of getting her set up for that, we see that Cragen, the owner of her like job, basically the department store where she worked, is there too. And they reveal that he comes there every time of year. And she overhears as the staff is like, oh, will Mrs. Cragen be joining us? And he's like, uh, no. And but he has a young lady with him. I mean, clearly that is his mistress. Yes. Coworker. Yeah, because she is employed by him. She's his yeah. assistant and they are pulling a, a miscavige, if you will. <laughs> That's how it started. How what started? So if you read Leah Remini's book, allegedly David Miscavige had started an illicit relationship with his personal assistant shortly before his wife was no longer seen in public. Oh, is that why she's been put in the dark place or whatever they call it? It's just like Jane Eyre. <laughs> you hate Jane Eyre no, so okay, much. Okay, but Mikey's kind of right this time. Like, it's actually, like, you're not wrong. It's the accidental Jane Eyre. <laughs> I don't think it's accidental. I think he did it. No, I mean, for Mikey to get it right. Yes, yeah, it is yeah, the yeah. accidental Jane Eyre. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, we find out that he's there to meet with the senator and the congressman about some regulation stuff that he is trying to get around. I mean, they flew there on his dime. Like he's putting them yeah. up on this vacation to like yep. woo them, which is illegal. They talk about that. Yeah, they do. And as they're passing, the mistress is kind of offended that everyone's bringing up the wife around her. Right. And Queen Latifah kind of like crosses behind her and it's like, if it's any consolation, he's going to have a shitty fourth quarter because she knows all the stores are doing bad. Yeah. That whole exchange starts to kick off this like mistaken yeah, like, identity. Yeah. And I love the, it's almost, and this is going to be like insane. It's almost Shakespearean. Like it's almost like yes. that level of like mistaken identity in a new place. And I loved that so much. I liked it a lot because it forced them to treat her the way they should have been treating her the entire time. Yes. And by the time they hear the truth, it's too late and everyone is just like, but we treat her well now. Like, that's just how it goes. And then the one person who's like, ha ha, she's a sales associate. They're like, hey, you fucking asshole. Yeah, and that's how you should treat someone who thinks that they're better than you just because they make more money. Yep. So she goes up to her room. And it's this gorgeous suite. She's looking out the window. Yeah, it's a presidential suite. Yeah, at a beautiful, beautiful town. Mountains, forests, everything. And she just says, what world was I living in? Which is kind of amazing because she was like, she dreamt of all this, these things, but had never believed she would experience them, yeah. I would say. So she goes shopping and walks into a store and says, make me international. And they say, we can try. And then they just throw everything at the wall until something sticks. But she does look amazing. The rest of she this movie. She looks amazing the whole movie. Yeah. Like this montage of crazy outfits is not at all reflective of what she ends up wearing the rest of the movie. No, but like if you're going into a place and you're going to walk out with a whole new wardrobe, I'm going to try on some crazy ass shit that won't work. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to find out if it works. You know, I do that when I go to yep. Goodwill store now like i'm like find me the dirtiest christmas sweater in this place i want to put it on my bare skin 
My sister and I usually have a challenge whenever we go to Walmart together, and it's who can find the worst shirt or sweater in the shortest amount of time. I love this. That is what reality TV should be. Like, stop (laughs) it with the selling sunset shit. I want to, like, all right, let's go to Goodwill. You have to find the ugliest lamp sweater combination that you can find. Go. You have 30 (laughs) seconds. You mean a lamp and sweater that match that are also the ugliest? Yes. (laughs) Yes. There was briefly a, a web series where you had to essentially dress like design people from goodwill with a theme in a time limit oh, and they would awesome. film it at the goodwill by my house awesome yeah my sister won the last time we played that walmart game because it was around fourth of july and she found a shirt that was like kittens with fireworks that just said like freedom isn't free <laughs> oh <laughs> my god bizarre like cats mom stuff patriotism all at once but say what you want about walmart it's the one place where i know i can reliably always find clothes in my size yeah so uh she does come out with a whole new wardrobe and the first one we see is that red evening gown which is gorgeous it's the one that's on the cover of the movie yes and she gets a table by herself and then she is like they're taking her pashmina they're seating her at the table and the other table of like the senator the congressman and craigan are like who is she and it kind of goes around the table to kind of like introduce everybody yeah and then it reveals los pollos hermanos and i was just like (laughs) breaking bad he's the senator yes oh no he's dealing meth and in my mind he was just the same character the whole time that he was on Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much the same character. It's a way more fun story when you're like, he's secretly running meth through a laundry service. Like, that <laughs> makes it better for me. I just assumed that after he retired from being a senator, he moved to Arizona to start a laundry service. You mean Albuquerque? Oh, that's right. It was Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque. Sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he started a laundry service. And and Los Pollos Hermanos. Yeah. And then the laundry is just for the meth. The chicken and the meth have nothing to do with each other. What came first? The chicken <laughs> or the meth? Oh, man. Anyway, so she orders one of everything which is exactly what you should do if you are able to in this situation absolutely and they juxtapose her ordering everything as the chef intends it with Mm -hmm. that other table full of the senator the congressman and the rich asshole who runs the store and his mistress and all of them have substitutions for everything and like you can see when they go back and deliver their order or their waiter delivers their order Mm -hmm. to Gerard Depardieu. He's like so mad about it. He like hates everything that they're saying. Well, and they've been there before and he hates them. He's just like always. Yeah. They never like no dairy, no gluten, no butter, no anything. And then he gets her order and he's like, oh, I'll bring this one out myself because somebody clearly respects what I do. Well, he's like, how many people's at this table? I love that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's just one person. He's like, one? And he's like, I love her. Wait, it is a her, right? (laughs) It's a similar conversation I have with my Uber Eats driver every time I order. (laughs) How many people's on this order? One. I will say back when I worked at Sir Latab, the few times that we got to like go out on company dime, they would order like this where it was a tasting menu and it was just one of everything. Yeah. And it is super fun. Highly recommend. The only downside is if you really like something and you want to like eat all of it, you can't. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, honestly, she just orders a like a full plate of everything. So if she likes it, she's got a whole plate. Yeah. Or you get all 17 things you like and they'll have your baby. <laughs> Mikey is caught up on the number 17 and getting people pregnant. 
Those are the runners in this episode for Mikey. And then they have a reality show, 17 and Pregnant, where they all, <laughs> like, it follows all of them as they raise their children after Mikey's death. And then their kids eventually run into each other at daycare or something like, my daddy's Mikey. No, my daddy's Mikey. I do need to clarify that the title is not that they are 17 years old. It's that there are 17 of them. Of them. Well, people <laughs> will find that out eventually, but we want to reel them in so they'll watch the show. Right. I'm just clarifying for the joke. Well, I want a whole sports team with substitutions. Right. I'm just saying, if you're trying to breed for a specific sport, you want to pick that 17 wisely. <laughs> it's just chess. Just a whole bunch of brainy chicks with teeth? All right. All right. No, I think he's going to go for uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and that's it. Yeah. she got some teeth, man. Yeah, she's got some chompers. <laughs> I'm telling you, it made me laugh so hard. And like no one else has, has laughed as hard as me. But when Trixie Mattel on Thanksgiving tweeted out, I'm Onion Taylor-Joy, I lost my mind. <laughs> and it's not getting the respect it deserves. Anyway, so the table of congressmen or whatever want to meet the chef because one of their wives likes his cookbooks. And he comes out and talks to Queen Latifah first. And they're like trying to wave him over. And he's like, yeah, I'll be there in a second. I did love that. He's just like, whatever. I'll come over there in a second because I have to. Right. I'm going to talk to this bright joy of life here because she ordered everything off the menu without changing shit. Right. And she had... A refined palate where she could taste yeah the the use of rendered uh, pork fat which by the way i also use rendered pork fat in a lot of stuff it's delicious damn it Paige, why don't you live closer <laughs> anyway so he eventually goes over to their table and it's not as fun but he clearly has immediately kind of struck up a rapport with queen latifah's character i feel like he immediately loves her like not like yeah. romantic love but like he loves her from jump street and i love that about his character yep he appreciates her enthusiasm for food. Yes. Um, and everyone at the kind of senator, you know, congressman table is confused by they're like, who is she? Because she's American. So like if she has enough money to be here, we should know who she is. Right. Right. Like the ultra wealthy circles are not that big. Right. <laughs> exactly. So we cut to the doctor's office where LL Cool J kind of confronts the doctor and is like, yo, no one's heard from her. She quit her job. She's acting erratically. What's happening? And the doctor's like, oh, she's dying. And I was like, um, that's a HIPAA breach. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, he does say he can't give him any information. Oh, that's right. And then LL Cool J picks him up like a baby and like yells in his face. And then he does give HIPAA information. That's how she affords her restaurant. She just sues. For yeah. <laughs> I think you could defend it in court if someone's torturing you. Yeah, maybe. We cut to the spa where she's having a hot stone massage and she's getting like a makeover. And then there's a scene where she's getting spanked with like a pot, like a bush, which I'm sure the movie was doing for like hilarious joke effect. But is actually there was like a cult that we studied in, uh, I believe, Switzerland or Sweden. It's one of the two where the like leader of the cult spanks people with like bunches of sticks and it's like a whole thing. Oh, that sounds awful. Like where is that? <laughs> uh it, he just got out of prison for sexual assault, so you know. Well, you could just ruin that joke. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to save you from the joke later when someone's like by the way. Ooh. But he does have like a harem of ladies that like to be spanked. 
consensually. I mean, as long as it's consensual, good for them, I suppose. Yeah, the problem was that there were a lot of people that it wasn't consensual for. But for the people who it was consensual for, they're super into it. Apparently, birch branch beating is very common in certain saunas in Europe. Okay. They use birch branches to hit you on the bare skin. Yeah, and there's something in the branches that is actually like an aromatic. So like there's a reason they're using those specific branches. Um, It's like good for your skin or something like that. I mean, sap. Yeah. (laughs) I did love how she handles that, though, because she yanks the branch from her and hits her a bunch and the other lady's like no I'm, yes. I'm trying to help let me just like I'll, I'll do it softly so she does it softly on her <laughs> I, I've heard it like that and then that's the lady she defends later like I yeah. do like that everyone in this hotel either loves Queen Latifah immediately or eventually comes to love her yeah yes and she's always nice to them like there's never one even the older lady who like is working with Timothy Hutton's character at the very like in the middle of this movie she's mm-hmm. nice to her all the time Yep. So we cut through a couple different other spa treatments and she ends up in like a mineral pool and the senator comes to join her and he's kind of asking her like, how do I know you? You know, where do I know you from? And she basically is like, well, you were supposed to be in my church. And he's like, oh, can you let them know my regrets for not going? And she's like, no, (laughs) like I have my own business. Like, yeah, you should have just gone. Like, what's your deal? (laughs) Anyway, uh, so she ends up in the elevator with um timothy hutton and his mistress they're like making out out, and she like butts her way in not even really butts her way in she just walks on the elevator like the doors are open she doesn't even like stop it from closing yeah she just walks in yeah and they try to introduce themselves and she's like no i know who you are you're the man for whom enough is never enough yeah basically like you're greedy right and she gets off the elevator and they're basically like who is she like what is is she from like a watchdog organization like what is it yeah it sort of comes out that like timothy hutton is there to like have the senator and the congressman approve a merger of some sort i'm not quite sure they go into exactly what the merger is but whatever mm-hmm. and it's in this elevator scene that they come up with the idea that queen latifah works for like a watchdog organization that is trying to put the kibosh on the merger mm-hmm. although she never says anything about it like that is clearly not what she's doing there but that's what they think right So we cut to Queen Latifah's room where she is enjoying the nice hotel bed and she's talking to Fraulein Gunther, the floor valet. And she basically orders a bunch of other spa services and then orders a colon irrigation treatment for (laughs) Frau Gunther. It is so funny. Yeah. I love that. And she's like, that's my gift to you. Think of me when you're having it. Yeah. And that's probably the rudest Queen Latifah is to somebody. Yes. Yes. (laughs) She buys them a service at a spa. We cut to the next day where she's having snowboarding lessons and she's trying to snowboard, but she ends up on one of the really, really tough runs. Yeah, Black Diamond. Where all of the governor and everybody is. It's so stupid, but so fun. It is really dumb because she would have fallen in like two seconds, but she goes the entire run. Part of it while she's on the front of Timothy Hutton's skis. No, okay, we've got to unpack the senator, who I guess was going to try to murder her for going fast down the mountain? Wait, the senator wasn't trying to murder no, her. No, I mean, Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton. Oh, yeah. Timothy Hutton probably was. He's like, yeah. how dare her? I'm like, no one should get that close to someone skiing. Oh, yeah. Like, it's bonkers that, she, that he would chase after her to begin with. Well, and he's like, if you ski like that, you'll be in court for the next two years. And she's just like, that's fine with me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll be dead. Yeah. The thing that I hated about that line delivery, though, is she just like 
skied off of a roof, landed on a picnic table where people were eating, and it mm-hmm. collapsed the picnic table and destroyed their lunch. And then he goes off the same roof, goes over them, and falls and like hurts himself. He then turns around and says that line about if you ski like that, you'll be in court for the next two years. And she goes, Well, that's fine with me, baby. And then the people whose lunch she just destroyed are like, Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that is not how you would react in that situation. No, but it does, like, she talks about it later. We don't see it. She ends up on the cover of a ski magazine. Yes. My favorite part is when she turned back to Timothy Hutton and was like, well, I'm not for skiing regulation. I thought you were against most regulations. Politics. <laughs> um, so she she's having a massage and the masseuse is like, I'm going to leave you to relax and meditate. And as she's doing it, we overhear the mistress having a massage yes. and being a total bitch to yeah. her massage therapist. And so Queen Latifah comes over and is like, hey, you don't talk to people like that. These are working people. Yeah, these are working people. She implies that the reason that she has a big knot in her neck is from going down on Craig <laughs> all the time. I thought it was so funny. Which I'm like, hey, you know what? It, that doesn't make her a bad person. No, she needs to have boundaries. Sometimes you don't have to do what someone else wants to do to the detriment yeah. of your own health and yep. mental health. I'm just saying that sometimes people like to go down on people a lot and it's not a problem. The, the problem is issue. more the stress of supporting an affair right. that she is feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But my favorite is they end up talking and relaxing with cucumbers over their eyes and then Queen Lativa just slowly eats the cucumbers. I love when she like takes the full cucumbers off of her eyes, takes mm-hmm. a bite and then puts them under her eyes. So they're like yep. a semicircle <laughs> under her eye. I was like, there is nothing that Queen Latifah has done or could do in this movie that I don't find super charming. Yep. I love everything about her. <laughs> And I love that she befriends the mistress. Like, it would be very easy to code the mistress as just a straight up bad person in this movie. And they don't do that. This movie does a really good job of like empathetic conversation, like active listening and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because she, you know, she just basically reflects the feelings that the mistress is feeling and like builds a bond very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And basically is very honest with her of like, hey, he's not going to leave his wife for you. Like, I know that's what you're thinking, but that's not the reality and you have to kind of decide things for yourself. It's a very very harsh reality in those situations. Yeah. I mean because it always feels like they're going to leave their spouse and they never do. Yep. They will just tell you whatever they need to tell you to get you to do what they want you to do and then they are never going to leave their spouse. It's yep. terrible. Yep. So we cut to the mistress is reporting back to the senator and he's like, hey, she's just here enjoying herself. And she's like, but she did say that you're going to have a shitty fourth quarter. Yeah. And he thinks that she's there to specifically drive a wedge between him and the senator and the congressman. And he basically is like, I got to do something to relax. And then it's implied that he wants her to go down on him. And she's just like, eh, take a cold plunge and, and just pieces out. <laughs> she just goes to the bathroom. She's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. She's yep. like, I got to I got to poop. Yep. Got to take a big old dump. And there's no outhouses around here, so like I can't even really get into it. <laughs> oh God! If you haven't heard the horror, that was horror episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on dead snow, you don't get that joke. But we do a deep dive on outhouse sex in that episode. Yep. And honestly, it's worth listening to just for that. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a real shitty episode. God, you guys are the worst. So we cut to LL Cool J goes to her house. Darius is there. 
and Darius confronts him and he's like, are you casing her house? And he's like, no, I'm just trying to find out where she is. And Darius is like, you're the guy from the book. Hold on. And then goes and gets the book yeah. and is like, see, she cut out your face and put it on wedding photos. And instead of being terrified, like most people would be, he's like, I've got to get to the Czech Republic. <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know. Like if you meet someone who would love for you to cut out their face and put it in a book. I got to phrase that better. Yeah. Let's not. But you guys hear what I'm saying. Yeah. I just pictured somebody like like Dwight safety thing version <laughs> of like cutting out a face. Like if someone makes a scrapbook with your picture and you're happy about it. I mean, there are very few people I would be happy to see. I can't from. name one person that I would be happy has done that. Hey, if Jake put your face on yeah. over my face on some pictures, I think you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Not one person in the whole world. No, I mean, like Natalie. Sure. That'd be fine. Well, yeah, but you're with her. Like, like look about me. If it's like I was single. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, what if like freaking, uh, you know, like what's Malin uh, Ackerman? Yeah, was, like, I was thinking Malin. a scrapbook about me. Yeah. You know, how, like you both named two of the most teethy actresses we know. <laughs> Give me that Julia Roberts. Uh, she walked so everyone else could smile. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she flossed so everyone else could smile. <laughs> oh my goodness! You'll get what I'm saying, but if you, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. you know. If someone makes a creepy scrapbook about you and you think it's cute, hey, you have feelings for that person. Congratulations! Yeah, you probably should be with that person. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, though, you're gonna feel really creeped out and call the police. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, if Henry Cavill mailed me a scrapbook, I'd be like, "Where did you get these pictures?" But also, what are you doing later? So like, <laughs> right. well, he, she does explain where she gets the pictures later. Yeah, it's it's his employee of the month photo. No, he says it in this in this scene. Yeah. He says it. He's like, "That's my employee of the month photo." That's yep. on on a picture of us getting married. Like that would be terrifying. Like if a fan <laughs> showed really up to terrifying. a live show and they had a picture of Mikey and her getting married, I'd be like, Mikey is gonna be played by his understudy. But also, ladies, here's your chance. Start getting those scrapbooks together. <laughs> <laughs> if I like your scrapbook, I'll marry you. With this is a nationwide <laughs> contest. <laughs> Don't don't make those kind of promises. There will be seventeen winners of this. <laughs> seventeen <contest>. winners. <laughs> For serious though, if somebody makes a scrapbook, I'm gonna laugh really, really hard, but then advise you to maybe change your address. But the grand prize winner that these seventeen lovely ladies will be winning is a baby. A baby they have to raise on their own. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a terrible contest to win. If you win the contest and I get a terminal disease, I'm pregnant at you. There's a lot of small print. <laughs> A lot of fine print here. But listen, you got to read the fine print because it's fine. Ride you down. <laughs> it's fine print. You and I, Paige, are the only people that are out here still referencing Pablo Francisco. Pablo Francisco. And that's a shame. <laughs> that is a shame. I don't know who that is. Exactly, Mikey. And everyone should know who that is. Okay, that's fine. But anyway, I won't actually impregnate you if you do send a scrapbook, but that would be really funny. Goodbye. Next topic. All right. So LL Cool J decides that he's going to go after her on the trip. So we cut to the next day where she is going to dinner and they invite her to join their table. I'm obsessed with her jacket. She has many wonderful jackets. This is just one of them. Yes. And uh, the chef has reserved a special table. So they all sit at it and Cragen has to kind of join them later because there's like not enough room for him at the table and he's pissy about it. Well, no, 
the reason he doesn't join them initially is because they were all supposed to go to his table and they like mm-hmm. run into her as they're all going to dinner. She's going to dinner by herself. They're going to dinner as a group. And they're like, why don't you sit with us? And she's like, okay, that'd be great. And then the chef right. comes over and says, I have you your own reserved table this way. And she goes, well, maybe you guys can sit with me. And Cragen's just a bitch and throws a hissy fit and is sitting by himself. His mistress is even sitting at the Queen Latifah's table. And that's how yes, you know I she's one. <laughs> yes. But he, he eventually gives in and comes over. And the chef comes up to the table and is basically like, hey, no substitutions tonight. Right. You're going to eat it the way I intended it. Yes. And Queen Latifah is like, great. And so it's implied that they all eat it and it's delicious. Yes. Of course it to is. To impress her, I would guess. Yeah. Well, and also they kind of set up that Cragen is kind of like a health nut. They don't go into it too much, but the implication is that like he was the one making all the substitutions. So now that it's not his table, no one feels like they have to. If someone tries to substitute something on my plate, I will be very upset. Wait, like they're ordering for you and they're like no dairy for Mikey? Yeah, I'd be like no fingers for you. I would lose my mind. Like, I will occasionally order for Natalie because she doesn't love talking to uh, people she doesn't know. And it's like she gets anxious sometimes. So sometimes she'll just like tell me what she wants and I'll order for her. But if she ordered for me and she was like, he's not going to have any cheese or bread, I'd be like, this isn't going to work for me. Well, unfortunately, I react to social situations like cowboys and like old Western movies where I would just flip the table over and be like, you got to get. Get. You gotta get me some cheese on my plate. <laughs> Bring me the butter and the bread. Get it. And I hit him on the head with a with a bottle. It's a sugar it's a sugar glass bottle, so it breaks yeah. instantly. Just so you know you're serious, you break it over your own head. Yeah. Get man, I wonder how much sugar glass bottles are. Not expensive. If you guys want to know what I want for Christmas, is I want to be able to start busting glass, bo- glass bottles on my head in public. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so they all have a great dinner and they're talking to her about her money and she is like being honest with them, but they still haven't kind of figured out what's going on where she's like, oh no, you know, like I I sold all my bonds and they're like, what do you do to operate in the market? And she's like, I'm not thinking about the future. I'm just having a good time. And then there's a debate about what they're going to do the next day. Now, interestingly enough, Cragen wants them to go to the Mosier glass factory (laughs) Uh, that's different from there's an American Mosher glass factory that's actually spelled with two S's. This is with one S uh, and it's in Ohio. And the American one is famous for making milk glass cake stands. So I like of the ones I had at my wedding, like three of them were Mosers. And then the ones in Europe is actually more famous for making stemware. But those are your kitchen facts that cut like Todd's going to cut out probably anyway. Well, I mean, I might leave it in just so I can say, but much <laughs> like us now, they're like, nobody wants to go to the glass factory. Let's all go base jumping. I That's fully did, so but dumb. it was just me. Everyone else decides to watch them go base jumping, um, which also seems cool. So like, you know, whatever. But would you base jump or would you just watch? I don't know. That base jumping looked intense, too. That was not like, yeah. that's like a. Well, and they did say that people had died before. I hate heights. Yeah, I would not. I hate heights, too, Mikey. I would not base jump. Although this is the same dam where they shot Goldeneye. Yeah, and other things, too. I'll yeah. talk about it because there's a lot of things that have been shot in this same area, the hotel, the dam, and a couple okay. other places. Yeah, I recognize the dam from Goldeneye. The very first like thing he breaks into in Goldeneye is this dam. I have been parasailing. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't do that either, but that's awesome that you've done it. it it's all right. It's not as scary as you would think, but I don't know that I would go base jumping. Mm-mm. That's a lot. 
Anyway, Cragen is going to do it with her. She jumps and then he chickens out. And pisses himself, we find out later on. Yeah, well, and he claims that, like, there were mechanical difficulties and that's why he wasn't going to do it to try and make it, like, not his thing. And we cut to the hotel where the staff is all talking about it over charcuterie, (laughs) which is amazing. Yeah. Well, that's when we find out that he pissed himself because, like, he sent his boxers out for laundry service or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I want to be that kind of rich where I can just piss myself and then let everyone know <laughs> by sending it out for laundry service. Well, yep. like everyone at work knew I split my pants over because I had to go get another pair of pants. Is that like the same thing? Well, see, here's the thing. We're assuming it's piss. He could have shit his pants. We've all shit our pants. <laughs> That's a pretty true statement. There are two people in the world, people who have shit themselves and people who lie about shitting themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Mikey, how did you split your pants at work? I mean, I was just wearing tear. As in I was wearing them and then they tore open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You weren't doing like an activity that you shouldn't have been doing at work that you then. Like cartwheels? Were you doing cartwheels at work? I don't have to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually uh, tore my pants at work too. And it's very embarrassing. I've been there. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's very embarrassing. So his pants are ruined. Uh, just like streaks of of horrifying dump all over them. Or as Mikey calls it, wear and tear. Yeah, wear and tear. <laughs> and this is also where we kind of learned that uh, her valet, uh, Fraulein Gunther, doesn't really like her. And the very next scene is Cragen basically bribing her to find out info. Yeah, and Cragen is like, he goes back to like where the staff are like taking their break to like, yeah. to like have her spy or whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. how is he just walking around in like the staff areas? I That's a good question. In a super fancy hotel, especially. Yeah. So we cut to Gerard Depardieu and Queen Latifah are basically shopping through a farmer's market, which is beautiful. One of my favorite scenes. Love yes. it so much. I love it too because they are like non-romantically. Arm arm. Yes. But they are like non-romantically, they love each other. Like they are just yeah. fast friends. And you could just like, the chemistry is off the charts. On the yes. Screen. It just looks like two people having yes. a blast. I love yes. it so much. And like they're just chatting away and Gerard Depardieu is like just like pointing at shit he wants for his restaurant and ordering in French and then they continue their conversation. It is mm-hmm. like what I want my friendship to Gerard Depardieu to be. <laughs> <laughs> but after he kind of shops, she kind of takes a further walk in the snow alone and sits on a bench alone and then walks across the bridge alone. And I really think that this scene is her just being like, this is all wonderful, but I'm I have no one to share it with. Yeah, if she's that alone. Makes sense. I, it made me sad because yeah. like her sister is like around, but like doesn't know. I don't know what's going on mm-hmm. with like other family, but like I I felt bad that she didn't have anyone else there with her. Yeah. So as she's headed back to the hotel, she runs into the group of the congressmen and everybody yeah. and they kind of talk her into going gambling and seeing Smokey Robinson. Yes. Meanwhile, LL Cool J is flying coach. <laughs> And he hates to fly. I related to this scene so much. I did think about you, Mikey. Yeah. Because I know you don't like to fly. Although, I bet you'd be fine in a flight that wasn't, like, turbulent. Yeah. But they all are. They're not all turbulent. It's pretty rare, honestly. Yeah. Cool. I just got good luck. Yeah. So, they get to the casino, and she's wearing this amazing yellow jacket. I am obsessed with that yellow jacket. 
And she bets tons of money on 17 every single time. She does it three times in a row. Dude, the third time when she explains it, she's like, well, I can't do 17 again. I'll do 13 because it's my birthday. She's like, but I do love my mom. And her birthday was 11, but she died on the 17th. And they bring it back to 17 and they're like, what are you doing? And of course she wins, which is like, how many spots are there on a roulette wheel? Like it's like 50 or some shit. The payout on a single number is one to 35. So there are probably 35 numbers, right? And Hutton is betting just on red, right? Yeah. Which would be a double or nothing kind of a bet, right? Because right. it's black mm-hmm. or red. Well, you say that, but they have zero and double zero, which are green. So it's not a 50-50 chance. Fair enough. But it's closer to that than like betting it all on one number. One time right. I bet $5 on one number and it was awesome because I did win. Wait, how much did you win on that $5? Oh, like 250 That's nuts. I mean, that's so great, right? Imagine if you had done that three times in a row. But essentially, that's what she does. She turns her initial investment into like a million or $100,000. Right. Well, she ends up with three million, whatever the local currency is. Yeah. So her bet was like 82 bucks initially. Probably. Yeah. In whatever their local currency is. Yeah. Um, what is interesting is it's established earlier that their currency is euros. And then in the casino, it's crowns. Uh, so that's right. anyway, but it doesn't matter. So they see Smokey Robinson. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but while they're doing that, Fraulein Gunther goes through all her stuff and finds her employee ID. She finds the papers and she finds the letter. Yeah. And she feels really bad about it because at this point, Queen Latifah has written a letter that's basically like, I'm dying. Here's money for my burial. Yeah. Which I guess she was just planning on dying in the presidential suite, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, she doesn't know when it's going to happen, right? Yeah, it could happen at any time, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to the bridge after they've been gambling the senator comes to talk to her and he's like how have we never met and she basically is like because you're never home taking care of your constituents and you're bought and sold pretty easily and you should be helping with this community revitalization he's like well i would i would but not till the next election because the money and she's like i only have time for reality realities like i don't need your empty promises do it or don't which i'll say this He's not necessarily wrong. Like, if he doesn't get reelected, he can't do anything for their community. And they have to raise a shitload of money every week to get reelected. Like, Mm -hmm. in Congress, you have donation goals you have to hit weekly. Yeah. It's insanely gross, guys. Don't look into it. Yep. So we cut to, she goes back to her room and she runs into Fraulein Gunther, who's basically like, I'm so sorry, please don't die. Yeah. And she's like, did you go through my stuff? And she goes like, I go through everyone's stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the first time I cried in this movie. Cause like, I cried really hard. Yeah. When Gunther is reading the note and you just see her, like her whole demeanor changes. And then when she talks to Queen Latifah about it, like I was just sobbing. Like I was so sad. She probably just does that because she probably thinks most everybody who comes to that hotel is a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. And this is also where Queen Latifah is like, I need to go home and find LL Cool J. Yeah. Meanwhile, LL Cool J lands, but he has to take the taxi because he doesn't have helicopter money <laughs> to go all the way up. They end up on a one-way road and there's an avalanche blocking the road. Yeah. So she has to go back to the hotel. Yeah. I thought they were going to pass each other on the street because she leaves the hotel and he I leaves the so airport. Too. But it's that avalanche that saves like their meeting because he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go on foot. And she's like, I got to go back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he decides to go on foot, even though he hates snow. We cut to Fraulein Gunther and Krager where she's basically like, or Cragen. She's like, here's what I know is she used to work for you, but... I'm not going to tell you anything else. I don't know anything else. And it's it's not your business. Right. So he calls and finds out she used to work in cookware. We cut back to the kitchen at the hotel. And in my <laughs> in my notes, I say for the fancy feast. But I'm like, that's not 
it's that's not fancy food. <laughs> yeah, that's cat, <laughs> that's food, cat Paige. food. But I do like that she's like, hey, I'm trapped here. You can't get a lot of your staff here because of the avalanche. Do you need help? And Gerard Depardieu was like, yes, please. Can you make peaches that fart vanilla <laughs> vapor? If you don't Ooh, know how, yes. ask the crab. Yep. <laughs> Our diners need to float while they dance tonight. Can you help them? <laughs> I do hate that we never got Gerard Depardieu, who is French, to go, Uh, but we do get both him and Queen Latifah holding knives correctly in this scene, and they're just kind of cooking side by side. And that is something I did not notice. Julienning and and cutting their vegetables correctly, too. But he basically admits that he knows that she's dying, and she's like, well, don't say anything. Let's just cook. Oh, my God. That scene was so sad, too. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just uh, they're both very good actors, and, like, you feel it with them. It's so sad. Yes. Well, and the food they're making looks amazing, yeah. too. So, like, and they are proper technique on almost everything. So they finish the dinner. He introduces her to everyone. And then she goes and changes out of her chef coat and into this amazing black suit. Amazing. <laughs> but this is the scene where I started sobbing yeah. uncontrollably. Same. Yeah. Aww. Because... She does this like speech to herself in the mirror of like, you didn't get everything you wanted, but next time we'll do things different. She lists out all the stuff she wants to do, but then also all of the stuff that she's done that she's like proud of herself for doing the last like three weeks. So we cut back to the doctor's office where Dr. Gupta has decided to scan himself and finds tumors in the exact same place because it's the machine. It's not her brain. So he goes to her house but she's gone. He does meet up with Darius, who basically tells him what's up. And Darius is like, hey, you're in this book of possibilities. You should definitely look at this. And like he has like pasted Dr. Gupta over LL Cool J's head this time. <laughs> <laughs> Darius is the harbinger yeah, to yeah. like trap people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he's just added pages where, where Dr. Gupta is just like a doctor with like a cured sign. Like he's predicting the future with it. Most successful Macy's clinic. <laughs> You'll find everything you need to get your patients the care that they deserve here at Macy's. It feels like fa- like a Fallout video game when you say shit like that. Like it feels know, like right? that level of. I should do commercials Actually, for Macy's. Actually, you know yeah. exactly. You know what it sounds like the most? It sounds like a Hallmark movie Christmas commercial. Yes. <laughs> like a Christmas commercial for Macy's inside a Hallmark movie that's like terrible. Yeah. Her life in the city wasn't all it was cracked up to be, but she's oh about God. to get the surprise of a lifetime. He had a Christmas tree farm that he couldn't manage on his own ever since mom and dad died. But fate would bring them together. She's got the recipe for love, but she just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> and he's got some frosting for her big fat tits. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm picking next week. Oh my god. I'm laughing so hard because she sounds just like a Hallmark commercial. Yeah. yeah. And that movie would be called something like Christmas Tree Lot or something like that. It would be something Ghost of Santa Christmas Tree Lot related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's more important than family at the holidays? Digging up the ghost of Santa, of course. <laughs> like that is that. Everyone's wearing plaid and we all have wreaths. Yeah. Anyway, they go to make a toast to Georgia and Cragen reveals basically that she used to work in the cookware department. She made 29 grand a year. And he just says, attention, Craig and shoppers, imposter aisle three. I and know. everyone's like, 
He's an asshole. Everyone was like, read the room, Kragen. Yeah, because then she's just like, oh, yeah, bitch, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen someone so aggressively high-roaded in a movie. Like, she high-roads him with her mortality, and I was like, fuck, you don't come back from that. The only way it would have been better is if her grandfather had founded a restaurant and then painted a picture of it and then hung it on the wall behind <laughs> her in that scene. <laughs> I can't help but notice that Mikey's painting is not with an eye shot of where we record. It's in the kitchen. Pictures of restaurants are the most magical part of the holidays. Watch as this restaurant comes to life while we flip the burgers of love. Yeah. On the Christmas an, diner. Yes. The secret ingredient is Christmas love. But also rats, because we have a problem, and the only way to solve it is with the nutcracker. Oh. <laughs> uh, so she lists out all the stuff that she did, and she basically gives this whole speech of like, yeah, I did all these things that I wanted to do, and yeah, I'm dying, but like, Man, I have had a great time, and some of the things that we care about day to day are worthless, and I have been happier right now than I ever have been. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a pleasure. Happy New Year. And she walks away from the table, and everyone's just like, asshole. Like, you suck so bad. She's dying, you asshole. <laughs> Literally everyone leaves Craigan at the table. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And then he goes around drinking all the champagne glasses at the table. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile... Dr. Gupta faxes the hotel with basically a fax that's like, you're cured, violating HIPAA again. Well, yeah, because he just sends a loose fax to a fax machine in a hotel, hoping it gets to her. Fun fact, you're only bound by HIPAA if you're a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you work in Macy's CT scans in Borium. He's a doctor, and she's a snowman that got turned into a woman under the full moon. Find their love connection in Dr. Feelgood this Thursday on Hallmark. Dr. Yeah. Christmas. Dr. Santa. Dr. Santa. I was going to say Jackie Frost. Jackie Frost, MD. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. She's a snow woman doctor. <laughs> She's got twig for arms and a carrot that you don't want to know where it's been. <laughs> but it can sniff out cancer in Jackie Frost, MD. <laughs> I would watch that one so much. They're not much different than like the real one. <laughs> They're not that much different than the real ones. I, did, I watched a movie that the whole movie was about a girl and a guy. Oh, I forgot. It was like a fucking Christmas. It was a Christmas cookie. Oh, I've seen that one where it's a company and they're trying to bake like 50,000 cookies no. or something crazy. No. That is one. Yeah, okay. I had one that was just a neighborhood context, like a progressive dinner of cookies. And it's like, we have to win this year. Okay. <laughs> a Christmas cookie pageant. That the was what they called it. <laughs> the lowest stakes possible. And that this was it. Christmas that cookie pageant is the first one to have a swimsuit competition. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till they get to the verbal answer portions. <sighs> Describe your perfect date. It's the one that we used in the date cookies. Great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the mistress comes to see Queen Latifah up in her hotel room and apologizes. Um, and they find out that Cragen is on a ledge about to jump to his death. Yes. And so Georgia goes out there to talk to him and 
she's basically like, hey, you don't have to be an asshole. Because he's like, everyone thinks I'm an asshole. And she's like, well, you are. There's a quick way you to solve that. <laughs> Welcome. This is me doing therapy. Everybody yeah. thinks I'm an asshole. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you are violating our hippo right now. You are, you're mine. You're violating my hippo all the time. <laughs> <laughs> She's a magical hippo that grew up in a zoo, so she doesn't know anything about Christmas. <laughs> uh, at one point, she drops a bottle of wine off the roof and nearly kills someone with it. Um, you know, like you do. You know, like you do. But she kind of talks him down. And as she's doing it, LL Cool J shows up and is basically like, I love you. And I should have told you back before you were dying, but I want to be with you for five minutes or 50 years. Nothing in between. <laughs> yeah. No middle ground. That's how I am. <laughs> five minutes seems generous. Uh, so what are you doing it twice? <laughs> That's right. I they they get they they invest because I say two rounds, but I never say how long the rounds are. <laughs> They're speed rounds. Oh man! Anyway, so they climb off the ledge. Oh wait, no no no! Before they climb off the ledge, Gunther sticks her head on. She's like, oh, and also oh, you're true. not dying. Like literally, Yay, literally, Queen Latifah goes on the, on the ledge to save Hutton's life or whatever to talk him off the ledge. It becomes like a ledge train. Yes, and then Elo Cool J shows up and says, "Hey, I love you." Let's Get be together forever for the next 10 minutes and then the um head valet lady pops out and goes and also you're not dying like everything yeah. gets wrapped up while she's on that ledge right I right right it. like it's so great that he shows up at the nick of time to be like my love for you is the deepest bluest <laughs> my head is like a shark's head <laughs> also jackie frost md smelled you and you don't have cancer, <laughs> you don't have cancer. <laughs> but i hope you like parrots <laughs> <laughs> the parrot is his imaginary friend and I will go to my grave believing that. <laughs> Guys, you have to see Deep Blue Sea and then listen to the horror version episode yeah. on it. It's amazing. Paige sounds different, but it's still a great episode. Mondo's on it. He's amazing. Mon yeah, Mondo's on it. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to thrust? <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, they all climb back inside because now she's not dying. Although I fully expected her to be like, oh no, I spent all my money. But then, you know. But she won, she won it all yeah, back. She won $100,000. Who cares? Yeah, she got plenty of money. Yep. But they do both have to look for a job. Well. I mean, they do wrap that up. Yeah. They do. They enter, an they enter into an industry that has a 90% fail rate. Uh, <laughs> so they open a restaurant in New Orleans and DDA comes there to visit, which yes. is very, very fun. And uh, also, Emeril Lagasse shows up to the opening of their restaurant. Well, so does the senator. So does the senator. Yeah. 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 She probably has a leg up than most people. I assumed it was a chicken leg up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just meant that, you know, all the famous chefs coming. Like, that's pretty good publicity. Yeah, that is good publicity. Yeah. She's got famous chefs to feed, and the talking crab is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Here at Macy's. <laughs> Here at Macy's. Be sure to tune in on Friday for Crustacean Frustration on the Hallmark Channel. Who said you can't have Christmas <laughs> under the sea? <laughs> I've got crabs. <laughs> you open your Christmas present early? Shame on you. <laughs> The Christmas present was crabs. <laughs> but also, we sniffed you with this carrot, and you don't have crabs, sir. That's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. <laughs> okay, can we just do the part where we all go, and That's, hold on. We, the, the, hold we're on. not done? 
No. Oh. Because she changes her book of possibilities to her book of realities. Oh, and we yeah. find out what happened to everybody else. So the mistress goes back to school for business and she has no more tension in her neck. Uh, <laughs> Gunther gets paid to go through people's stuff because she's a PI. And DDA gets to be a guest on Emerald's show and no one understands a word he says. Um, her boss from the department store gets hit by a bus because he was on a cell phone. Dr. Gupta founds his own ashram and then Cragen uh, loses all his money in the divorce and the rest of the SEC. And then he joins Dr. Gupta's cult. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. Yes. So having seen the movie, having talked about it, having developed and workshopped a character who used to be a snowman, but now is a female named Jackie Frost <laughs> who can smell cancer through her carrot <laughs> nose. Cancer with what her did you guys nose? think of last holiday? <laughs> I loved it. We thought of that character in our toboggans to noggins to noggins i love it mikey i love it so much yeah Paige, like you i too love this movie it will be in a rotation every christmas so starting next christmas the second christmas in a row that i watch this movie oh, it will officially yeah. be a tradition i i should have changed the three they own a diner and he's a brain in a jar <laughs> <laughs> but how will they get all the gifts to all the children around the world before midnight Gitar. yeah I, okay, so I love this movie. I think it's like so just like inherently positive that it just yes. like breaks through any lameness uh, that it has. It's so re we rewatchable, I think, and it feels good. It's like it's like a like a top tier. It's like if Hallmark made an actual movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I also think this movie uh, is really successful. I think a lot of mainstream movies struggle about integrating religion and relationships with God into like actual movies. That aren't like Kirk Cameron weird movies. I was under the impression she was talking. I know she says she's talking to God. I thought she was talking to her mom. I did too. But like she does go to church multiple times and has a really like a, like a church relationship and a relationship with God and, you know, praise and stuff. And so and it doesn't and it doesn't like it doesn't take over the movie. Yes. No. And it doesn't make no, her character weird or anything like that. It's just part of her personality in a way that's like well-rounded and doesn't make her a bad person. It's I think it's just a good example of a well-rounded nice. Yeah. Person. It's part of her personality. It is not all of her personality yes yeah right i like that too i like that she leaves church to go buy like travelocity tickets or whatever but she's still she doesn't like leave her faith or anything like, she's still a woman of faith right. right like she just leaves because she's like well i don't have time to yeah. sit through the rest of the sermon i get it i'm gonna go to europe i like that yeah but yeah i'm a fan Paige, do you have any fun facts for us though i have so many fun facts well hit it with your fun facts Macy's, Macy's fun facts. facts. Uh, so <laughs> we already talked about all kind of the financial ones earlier in the episode, but the Food Network actually posted all of the recipes what? for the dishes in this movie on their website. Really? Yes. So the ones that they posted, and you can still sometimes find them, lobster salad in potato leek nests. Wow. Ooh. Duck hash on toasted baguette. Spiced lamb shanks with blood orange relish. Roasted quail with brioche. And chorizo stuffing, risotto barolo with roasted vegetables, bananas foster, and poulet chopitolas, which is the original emerald one that I cannot pronounce, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, all of the dishes served in the movie were prepared by Food Network chefs who traveled with the crew to do the cooking, but also taught Queen Latifah and Gerard Depardieu basic cooking techniques so they looked like professional chefs in the movie. Yeah, and that paid so off So this is like the first time somebody did that and it was actually successful. Yeah. 
The one scene where she's serving LL Cool J the duck hash on toasted baguette, they had to substitute duck in the actual dish because he doesn't eat duck. I don't Same. know if he's a vegetarian or just doesn't eat duck. I don't I don't like duck. I've tried it a few times. It's just not my favorite. I think it really depends on how it's cooked. And it's one of those meats where it's like, unless you nail it, it can be tough. Yeah. Duck fat, however. <laughs> quack, quack. Quack, quack. <laughs> he's a fat duck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he's a duck who doesn't wear pants and he's about to be hit with an HR suit. What's he going to do? Move home with his parents? When he does, he finds the magic of family and Christmas is all around, whether you've got pants or not. That's it's Donald Duck. Anyway, Duck Duck Santa. <laughs> if that's not the name of that Hallmark movie, I'm going to be pissed. Deck Deck Santa. Duck the halls. Duck the halls. All of these would Duck work. Duck the halls. <laughs> Duck the halls. 4 p.m. on Thursdays Central. Uh, okay, so <laughs> let's talk a little bit about her money and retirement and, and that kind of thing. So she has my old job. <laughs> yeah. Exactly my that. old yeah. job. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, literally exactly. And I started that job two years after this movie comes out. So pretty close. Is this what happened to your predecessor? <laughs> she filled Queen Latifah's spot. Yeah. No snitching. Uh, anyway, so my first year, usually in retail, you're part time. Being full time in retail is very rare outside of management. So the idea that she was full time in retail to begin with is a little wild. But let's say that that's the case. Um, when I was hired, I, I was paid $9 an hour. So my first year, oh. if I had been full time, I would have made about 20 to 25 grand before taxes. Oh. I didn't make over 20 grand until I'd been with the company for like six years. Oh my <laughs> like, God. That's how bad retail is. Yeah. Retail's the worst job, man. I hated it. Yes and no. It's, it's good in some ways, bad in others. Um, Part of the reason I was working in retail is because when you're part time in retail, it's flexible. So if you're trying to like yeah. go to comedy shows or auditions or not have to work every day so you can kind of do other things, it makes a lot of sense and you can kind of stack multiple jobs on top of it. It's not great. It's exhausting. People are terrible. Now, if you get into retail management, it actually pays considerably better, but you lose all that flexibility. You're right. just there constantly. Yeah. So she is tenured. She's been there at least 10 years. So it makes sense that given inflation and, and the rise in, in pay, she probably, when they say $29,000 a year, that's probably accurate, believe it or not, Ugh, yeah. uh, for somebody who's just in sales and not in management. So, but she actually, not only does she have like the job I used to have, I used to have to do cooking demonstrations like that too. Wow. So like she literally has my exact job, but one of the main reasons I left that job is because like we had just started cult podcast and I was like, I want this to work. And if this has to work, I have to make more time somehow, yeah. or I have to have a more flexible time or at least a job that I am not on call for 24 hours a day or whatever. And I also wanted my Christmases back. And so I worked for like a year and a half to get the job I have now, just like I sent out hundreds of resumes because nobody would hire somebody who only had retail on their resume and finally got this job and then quit so that my last day was December 23rd. Oh, nice. I did all like the very next year. I did all the Christmas shit 
And then I have not had a non-COVID Christmas since. <laughs> like, oh, no. I got like, I got one year. So this year, I've just been like baking everything I ever wanted to bake at Christmas. So, you know, it works out. But I understand her thinking of like, someday has to be today. Right. Because... Yeah. Yeah. Life doesn't wait for you. Yeah. The writers of this movie were actually big fans of um, comedies from the 1950s by Ealing Studios. So they wanted okay. to remake the Alec Guinness film Last Holiday, which came out in 1950. And so, as I mentioned, this movie was originally written for a male character. They originally oh, wow. wrote it for John Candy to play George Bird. Oh, my God. But the project was shelved after John Candy's death. Yeah. And it was only resurrected years later when Queen Latifah's agent read the script and then contacted the writers. But they already did this with Joe versus the Volcano as a male. Yeah, I guess. But it's not the same. And that movie sucked. Ass. Yeah, this is way better than Joe versus the Volcano. It's a terrible movie. Anyway, she contacted the writers about rewriting the story specifically for Queen Latifah. So they took a script that was originally written for John Candy. He obviously passes away. Yeah. And then they retooled it for her. The Grand Hotel Poop, which we forgot to mention that it's the Hotel Poop in this movie. I do love that when she shows up and they say it, she's like, oh, y'all call it that too? <laughs> like, oh, you say it that way? All right. Um, but it was also used in Casino Royale as the Hotel Splendide in Montenegro. Yes. And then, Ooh. yes, the dam was also used in GoldenEye. Yeah. Also, the avalanche scene, that that shot of the avalanche, they shot mm-hmm. that at the same place they shot one scene from Band of Brothers. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. The congressman's wife says only one line in the entire movie, and it's a one-word line. She is the one who says asshole. asshole. Yep. Yep. And that's her only line in the movie. And oddly enough, she kept forgetting it. It was the worst. <laughs> like line asshole. She's like, uh, I'm not an asshole. I just forgot my line. Give me my line. <laughs> she has a memory condition, but also is an actress in Hollywood. How will she remember the spirit of Christmas <laughs> this Friday? Forgetting Christmas. I was forgetting about to say Christmas. forgetting Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fire marshal, but also secretly Santa. <laughs> Forgetting Christmas Marshall. Who knows chimneys better than the fire department? <laughs> Santa, of course. Uh, <laughs> anyway, those are our fun facts. Well, thank you for those amazing fun facts. And honestly, I need someone to go through and like catalog all of the joke Hallmark movies we've come up with. <laughs> Because I've got a phone call to make to the Hallmark Channel. I'm just going to walk into the Hallmark store and pitch their general manager our movies and see what they say. (laughs) But are you guys ready for some box office? Yes. All right. So what do you think the budget for the last holiday was in 2006? I don't think a lot, but I don't think a little. (laughs) Do you care to think a guess? 15. All right, Paige, what do you think? This is Queen Latifah's heyday. Yeah. uh, Because this is right after bringing down the house. I'm going to say 25. All right. The budget for this movie was $45 million. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. It this does, movie it does look great. Good. They do have a lot of locations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And if you adjust that for inflation, that's about $61.7 million. It's not a nothing budget, right? It's quite a lot. So uh, right. the movie came out on Friday the 13th, January 13th, 2006. It was number two in the box office. It was beat by Glory Road. Of course, it was number two. Hoodwinked was number three. Uh, The Chronic Coals of Narnia. Chronic what? Coals of Narnia. (laughs) Exactly. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That was number four. 
and Hostel was number five. What do you think The Last Holiday made in its first weekend, the weekend of Friday the 13th, January 2006? 15. I'm going to go back to 15. Okay. Paige, what do you think? I'm actually, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go 10. Ooh, you guys are sort of on either side of it. Although I think technically Mikey's closer. It's $12.8 million in its opening weekend. It's next weekend. It went from number two in the box office to number four. And it just slowly started to fall off of the charts at that point. What do you think it made in its domestic box office run total? Just domestic, I'm going to say 50. I'm going to say it barely makes its budget back. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 35. Mikey, you are closer. It made $38.3 million. Its international haul was not very much. It was almost $5 million. It was $4.9 million. So its worldwide box office was $43.3 million, which is a little bit less than the budget, right? This movie yeah. would be considered a bomb, at least in theatrical performance. Right. But this movie does really well on domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. It did $31.1 million in DVD and Blu-ray sales. Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. So that's, what is that? $74.4 million total if you combine theatrical release and a home market performance. It has made money over the course of its life, you know, but it didn't mm. make money in the theaters, which is unfortunate because this is a great movie. It's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. But that is your box office. So do you guys think they're still together? I hope yeah, so. I think so too. Yeah, I think they're still together. Yeah, I think they're still together like him and that parrot in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Agreed. He's a cook. He's an imaginary bird. <laughs> Will they find a love connection? Can they cook up a love connection? <laughs> Two can Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Two can play at that game. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's T-W-O can C-A-N Santa. And the whole movie, the parrot's wearing a Santa hat. Okay, so yeah. this week, Mikey made us watch Last Holiday Page. What are you going to have us watch next week? Okay, so I had seen a bunch of advertisements for this movie, and I don't know what it was about the early advertisements that I saw that made it look like a like single love, actually. I, I don't know why, but I finally saw a trailer for it this week, and it looked amazing. So we are watching Single All the Way. I've heard people talk oh, about this yes. movie. I, it, it, yeah, it's getting some interesting reviews, like good reviews. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The trailer looked amazing. If it's anything like the trailer, I'm here for it. Well, awesome. I believe it's on Netflix, right? Hang on, I'll look it up. It is up. on yes. Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah. So your homework for next week is to get eggnog drunk and watch Single All the Way on Netflix. I'm going to try and make eggnog cinnamon rolls this week. Oh, my God, oh, Paige. Oh, God, Paige. Stop torturing. How well do those ship? Uh, Not well at all. Damn they it. don't get along. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Excellent. So whose review are you going to read this week? Foster 321. What does Foster 321 have to say? Title, no cuts. <laughs> I originally started out listening to Colt Podcast. Then Paige was talking about the horror version. Yeah. So I followed her to there. Nice. Then I heard y'all do this and I ended up here. You can listen <laughs> to more than one. I'm sure they listen to all three now, it sounds like. Never disappointed with any of the episodes. Oh, thank you. Thank Jesus for the dome. No cuts. Shoulders are life. Yay. Shoulders Praise are Jesus life. Praise Jesus for the dome. Yeah. 
Thank you for keeping me entertained while I'm driving, studying in college, working, and while I was deployed on the USS Kid. Oh, wow. Okay. You got a lot going on in your life. <laughs> you got a lot of life happening in the last yeah. like, six months Jesus. or whatever. Yeah. These podcasts really gets me through the day and helps me concentrate when I really need background noise. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a compliment, but thank you, I guess. Yeah, another backhanded compliment <laughs> review. So, all right. <laughs> These podcasts are not made to be listened to. I know. I make them. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell my HR department, at least. Dying medium. Y'all really showed me I could do anything and inspired me to create my own podcast. Again, I'm not sure these are like compliments. These are like backhanded compliments. Like if these three idiots can have a <laughs> if podcast. these idiots can do yeah, it. <laughs> then literally anybody can do Listen it. Listen to you guys. Paige and Todd work really hard on these shows. <laughs> and Mikey is often on time. <laughs> In his defense, he's got to bang through those 17 ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 17 ladies of Christmas. 17 ladies of Christmas. On the first lay of Christmas, the lady said to me, Already? <laughs> he ends the review. <laughs> Thank you for being my friends, parentheses, without really knowing me, in parentheses, period. That is very five much stars. the definition of a parasocial relationship. Well, Foster, thank you so much for that amazing five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a PO box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a PO box, it's actually not a PO box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's six, six, eight, eight Nolensville road. Number one Oh eight dash 34 Brentwood, Tennessee three, seven zero two seven. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. The hotel was called Poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your heroine now. Oh, my God. If you're looking for good deals on heroin, you can find them at Macy's. <laughs> a snowy Christmas. What? Oh, I'm sorry. A black tar Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Those are the worst lumps of coal I've ever heard. <laughs> Heroin nerds. <laughs> <laughs>